Coming up on Supernatural Confessions. He started hearing a voice in his ear. If you sleep, I will take the life of someone close to you. Player. Supernatural. Is anyone Hello and welcome to Supernatural Confessions, our weekly podcast where we feature and discuss all things supernatural, especially here in Singapore and Southeast Asia. We cover the myths, the urban legends, the superstitions, and most importantly, your personal encounters with the paranormal. I'm your host, Timo, inviting you to share your stories with us on our Facebook page or on our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. This episode features clips from our live show, which I host of Supernatural Confessions founder, Eugene Tay, streaming Friday nights at 10 on FB Live. Also joining us is veteran paranormal investigator E.T., whose critical approach and attention to detail have given him a keen eye and the insight to make rational deductions and find scientific explanations to most paranormal cases. To catch it in full, search for Supernatural Confessions and like us on Facebook. And now, on to the show. Supernatural Confessions. It's been said that the ladies are always on the lookout for someone tall, dark, and handsome. Our first confession almost gets it right. A couple of ladies encounter something tall, dark, and haunted. This story was submitted by Grace and narrated by Eddie. Hi there. I stumbled across your podcast on Spotify and now I'm hooked. I've encountered quite a few paranormal things myself. For example, I can smell weird things and have seen some spirits over the years. Back in 2016, I was working in the service industry in a place called Our House. We started noticing weird things happening. It started off with little things going missing like pens, tools, and it would reappear in different rooms. Buzzes in each room would sometimes go off when there was no one inside at all. Customers brought to certain rooms for treatments would complain feeling like someone was spitting on their faces when they were the only ones in their room. This was while their eyes were closed. Of course, we were scared when customers complained, but we pretended it was nothing. The worst incident was experienced by two of my colleagues late one night. They had to stay till 11pm to clean up and close up. Both were in the pantry, one washing up while the other was preparing to leave. Suddenly from one of the empty rooms came a small screeching sound. They froze. Slowly, the braver colleague walked quietly to the pantry door and pushed it open gently. She looked into the room. At first it all looked normal, just another empty, dark room. Then as her eyes adjusted, she felt her hair stand. Beyond the shadows was a dark, almost solid black mass. She didn't know what she was staring at, but she was aware of how cold she suddenly felt. 
how her flesh had now broken out into goosebumps. As she stared, the black mass suddenly shot out of the room and whipped into another room. By now, the colleague, who had cautiously come to her side, whispered, You saw that, right? I'm scared. What was it? They grabbed their stuff and their belongings and both ran out the door. We only learned about their encounter the next day when the branch manager called in the two colleagues to reprimand them for not locking the front door and leaving the pantry in a mess the night before. If anything, it explained the tense, scared looks on their faces and why they refused to go anywhere in the shop alone during the morning meeting. After I resigned, my ex-colleagues told me business didn't do well and many customers just refused to come back. Um, honestly, first off, uh, when you hear all this, it sounds like typical poltergeist. Uh, but I guess there's uh, many different kinds of uh, poltergeist activity. This one seems to be a bit more peaceful. Uh, so I really do think that it's a case of residual haunting. And it's, uh, it's just a case where this entity doesn't want the people to be there. Maybe it was his or her home, you know. And then suddenly these people come and then they do the facial and everything. The fellow fed up, eating good, doesn't get all this therapy, right? So maybe, you know, it gets a bit pissed off and disturbed them. So uh, I think it's a poltergeist of sort, um, you know, disturbing the, the customers and then, you know, and actually having, I, I wouldn't say guts because entities don't have guts lah. no 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 some entities got guts like the penanggal right oh, all the entrails the are all like hanging yeah. down right? so this yeah. this hantu actually had the guts <laughs> uh, to purposely show itself to you know the, the staff and she darted out from one room to another so so to me that was intriguing because usually most of the time uh, you know you see a figure and then it disappears and then only one person saw it but this one went from one room to another it went past the other uh, staff so to me that is very very interesting because most haunting stories you don't get that ah. uh, so I really do think that to a certain extent uh, it might be something that I don't want to say lah. Mm. okay um, but of course of course it would be best to know the exact location of this place mm. okay and of course set out like gadgets and whether it's EMF and stuff like that but having said all this uh, I do have to say although it's the first confession I do think this is residual haunting and it's uh, they're being plagued by a cheeky poltergeist. guys. Okay, wow. First uh, confession already and he's already conceding it might be the Hantu, okay? Um, I gotta say, you talked about the um, the residual haunting, about how there was like figure darting. I thought the uh, the interesting thing was the spitting. Mm. Because, you know, like when we when we hear stories about the Hantu, right, we heard about, we hear voices, we hear even, I felt a, a breath. <sighs> You know, in my ear, I've never heard of like a on someone's face. But maybe it's maybe it's more gust of air, you know, more than spitting out, more like no kind of thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, this is not the best time to be spitting anywhere. Okay, whether you are alive or hantu. Yeah, that's why lah. Chu Yonghok says that maybe some rival sent hantu there. That might be a possibility as well. I did not think of it that way, but that is a possibility. However. I do have a hypothesis about this. A lot of these spas that I know of, uh, the watch that has described, usually are found in old shop houses. Um, and old shop houses, especially in Singapore, pre-war, you may have lingering haunting. Uh, E.T. said residual haunting. I don't think that might be because E.T. residual haunting, if we understand it correctly, is more of a haunting in a location that goes on loop. Uh, a poltergeist tends to have a little bit more intelligence in this. So maybe not so much residual. No, I said, I said it stays in that area. Lah. Okay. And this is where I'm guessing, right? 
the ghost or the spirit, the way it behaves in that place doesn't seem to be one of a wandering spirit. It doesn't seem to be one that is angry with the presence of human in its domain. It doesn't behave that way. It's cheeky, it's almost portal-guys-like, which leads me to believe because poltergeist activities in a location uh, has got to have a reason as well. Could there be a death in that place? The previous shop had something there. So without knowing all that details, I'm again trying to create a hypothetical situation here. It's a spa and most spa that I know, the ones that I've been to, the ones that was in my old office at Frankel, they tend to worship or they tend to have some form of uh, kumantong. They have some form of prayer, Thai prayer, little altar back in the back room. Uh, this is mainly designed to bring people into the spa. So if there's a kumantong in the place and the way this spirit is behaving, being very cheeky, uh, to me, that's not uncommon. That is something that a lot of spas, a lot of massage parlors have that. Okay. So in this case, I mean, the examples that you're giving are businesses that actually have altars, actually employ the use of spirits as well. But sometimes you might open a business or you might move into a unit that already has a spirit there, right? Um, in which case, can that spirit still be helpful for your business? I mean, uh, even if we don't talk about business, right? Just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Donnie moved into a flat that was already a spirit there and it was actually very, very good luck, right? Does a spirit like this necessarily mean, in the case of our house, mean that it's a bad spirit? It's a, you know, a, it can still be a, a good lucky spirit, right? Usually when, when we talk about spirits, because we cannot see them and we generally have fear of things we don't know and cannot see, then we start to feel, hey, you know, this is something wrong. But there's been multiple confessions. In fact, uh, Tim, the one that you, you you got last night, we're going to talk about this. Uh, we're going to air this confession next week. Uh, we, we talk about the spirit being able to live in harmony with human beings in that place. Again, with this story, it doesn't sound like the spirit is malicious. It's curious, it's playful, it wants to be there. And I dare say, it may actually attract businesses but of course in the end Grace said uh, most people don't want to come back so maybe it doesn't apply that same good fortune doesn't apply uh, like what it did for Donnie this one may be faulty lah faulty faulty must return Supernatural Confessions Our next feature is a two-story confession by Stephanie and as odd as this sounds will remind us to appreciate the simple things in life like the basic privilege of sleeping. Breathing life into a confession is Yaz. Hi guys, I have two stories to share. My first story happened when I was working part-time in a luxury boutique in KL. So a couple of blocks from where I lived in Bangsa stands a commercial lot that has seen multiple changes of tenants in a quick span of time. A business would utilize the lot as its premises for about a year or so and then just as quickly close down. The lot has also been vacant for a number of years in between the tenants. Anyway, a luxury goods boutique opened up on the lot back in 2018 and I applied to be a part-time sales assistant to supplement my income. The tenants had renovated and refurbished the lot and the premises looked really modern and bright. While I'm not certain if they called a monk or a religious person to bless and cleanse the lot before opening the boutique, they did have a typical Chinese opening of business fanfare with roasted pigs and champagne. 
Now the premises was a three-story building with the top floor split between a mini cafe lounge and a luxury ladies' clothes and accessories room. One of the duties of a sales assistant was to stock count the items and I was stationed to stock count in the ladies' room. Now the room was a large, soft pink room with mannequins and two spacious changing rooms. I remember that it was a very quiet afternoon and there was no one around that area at that time. While I was counting the stock in front of the changing rooms, I heard a tapping noise. Almost like someone with long nails was tapping rapidly on a surface. The noise wasn't loud and it seemed to be coming from inside the changing room. Now keep in mind that the room was brightly lit and there was no one else besides me in that area. So I immediately stopped what I was doing and I rushed out of the room as I felt my heart thumping and my blood run cold. Oh, it wasn't the era of the air conditioning because it was one of those central industrial units that practically made no sound. Much later, I shared what I heard with the manager and she told me she had consulted her Thai monk about the business and he had shared with her that there was a woman's spirit residing in the ladies' room area. She had been there for a very long time. She wasn't malicious or anything. She just wanted to stay in that area peacefully and would sometimes make a presence known to those that were around her. Well, I didn't stay at the job much longer after that. My second story involves my brother. My younger brother has an anxiety disorder and insomnia, and he claims it's all due to his experience with an entity. My brother has always been fairly sensitive ever since he was a baby. When he was slightly over a year old, he managed to get hold of a fly swatter, which was placed high on top of the refrigerator. My mom and the maid swore the fly swatter didn't fall off the fridge. But then one minute, my brother was sitting on the side playing by himself and the next, he had the fly swatter in his hand. But it was when he was 17 that something happened that would affect him badly for the rest of his life. He started hearing a voice in his ear. Now this voice would say, If you sleep, I will take the life of someone close to you. At first, my brother ignored the voice and went back to sleep. And a few days later, we got news that our eldest uncle had passed away due to heart failure. Just barely a year before, our maternal grandfather passed away and now his son, our eldest uncle, suddenly passed away without any warning. And this was right after getting that warning about going to sleep. It was too great of a coincidence for my poor brother. After the incident, 
my brother became afraid of sleeping soundly for years and he suffered greatly from anxiety and panic attacks. Eventually, he managed to receive treatment for his disorders and is doing much better now, although he still has the occasional panic attack out of the blue. Through it all, my brother claims he has kind of developed the ability to predict the death of someone close to him. He claims, although he does not hear the voice anymore, sometimes, and out of nowhere, he would be gripped by the sense that something isn't right. And very shortly after, news would come that a family member of one of his closest friends had passed away. My brother has also claimed to have heard the voice of God. He said that the feeling he got from hearing God's voice was different from hearing the omnibus voice from the past. This time, he said, he felt a wash of warmth flood him from head to toe, and it brought him peace to his heart when he heard God's voice. Like Pastor Leon has said on your show, my brother says that God sounds like a man, has a gentle, quiet voice, and sounds like he's speaking from inside your head. Um, very interesting this story uh, to me or at, at first uh, when you first listen to the story it sounds a bit like the previous story it sounds like another residual haunting right um, but this time it seems a bit more peaceful uh, doesn't happen that often she heard the tapping um, and it was I guess it's a perfect place for, for, for this so-called invisible female ghost she was in the ladies department perfect lah right but then again E.T. being E.T. right the thing is the noise that she heard can come from anywhere Okay. Uh, many a times right, we fail to realize that sound traveling through walls or solids right? uh, firstly it can get a bit distorted and although it sounds like it's coming from a certain place it might be coming from somewhere else Okay, it's because it, when you go through um, solids it's just distorted sometimes also taking into account uh, the, the fact that this space was actually shared with a, a cafe I believe on the same floor um, so cafe being a cafe definitely you hear all sort of sounds you know uh, like sometimes when the barrister is you know clearing the coffee filter the gang 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 kind of thing right um, sound gets distorted and travels through where she is uh, the changing area thus she might actually have heard that tapping noise but it could have come from probably the cafe this does sound like like what E.T. has mentioned that like the very first story with the the poltergeist story or the residual haunting or the komantong um, I don't think noise travel um, noise does travel, but it doesn't travel to that extent where people cannot differentiate between haunting and uh, other sounds. If it was a cafe uh, and it because of the sound of the kong kong kong, then that sound would be very repetitive because you would make coffee very regularly. So if you only can hear the sound on that one episode and not the rest of the day, then clearly it cannot be the sound of the barista clearing the thing uh, and that's where a lot of supernatural uh, investigation really happened because you need to segment your evidence what are the recurring sounds what are the non-recurring sounds so when I uh, in this case when the confessor works in a place and she actually listens to a sound that is out of the ordinary I'm making the assumption here and giving her the benefit of the doubt that it's not 
the surrounding sound that she's hearing, but something that's really out of the ordinary. But to E.T.'s point though, I mean, this could be one of the few times where there's nobody there, right? And so if there's nobody around and you're not hearing any other people's noises, maybe that's why you end up picking up stuff that you, you wouldn't usually pick up through the walls. That's going to be a 50-50, right? Uh, there are times where you hear sounds traveling through. As I always say, when you have a supernatural situation and she's working, so based on the story and just the confessions alone, it doesn't sound like she's actively looking out for sounds. Like if you've seen our Pasiris Tower last week, where we have four candidates sitting down, actively listening out to sounds, and then they hear knocking, they hear footsteps. If you are just walking out there with your lover taking, you know, trying to find a nice spot to make out, you can hear knocking and tapping or even footsteps, unlikely you're gonna pay attention to that. So she was working in the back room late at night, about to knock off. I just don't think she was in the, the state of mind where she's, I am now listening out for sounds specifically to scare myself. But when the sound happened, and we always talked about how our human body responds to threat, responds to things that we cannot see in ways that make our hair stand or give us a chill, that's our subconscious picking up supernatural entities. So with that alertness that came from that sound and the late night work, I'm to me that leans more towards uh, maybe a wandering entity, maybe an old building, a non-malicious entity. We don't know, but it doesn't hurt her and I don't think it's out to harm her. It's just there. But to me, that's very much a haunting more so than a sound traveling from somewhere else. All right, so that was the uh, the first confession, all right? Let's move on to the second story, which was, I got to tell you, this was the one that really was like, oh, wow, this is quite, it's not just sad, but it's, it's scary, all right? So just a bit of a recap. Um, her brother, since young, been extra sensitive to the spiritual world, okay? And then as he gets older, he gets this voice in his ear that says, If you sleep tonight, I will kill someone close to you. And can you imagine how many years he's gone through without sleep, right? If anything, that uh, that's torture. Because everybody knows if you, if you deprive yourself of sleep, that can cause way damage to your psyche, to your mental state. E.T., what do we think of this story? In this case, I really don't think it's the hantu, but it's more of his ability. His ability to do what? To predict stuff. You know, the, the thing of having the sixth sense. Okay. Yeah, so it has been said that people, uh, when they unlock the secrets of heaven, right, sometimes, you know, it brings you unluckiness and stuff like that. Uh, let's just, I wanted to share uh, when my experiments in, in uh, JC. Uh, I actually experimented with tarot cards. I read so much about them. I finally went to MPH and bought one. Uh, when you ever buy tarot cards, you got to buy the ones that it resonates with you. Don't just buy anything off the rack. So, so when I experimented with them, I realized that for some reason, right, although I'm not trained, it was them accurate lah, my predictions uh, to my friends and my family. Um, but the thing is, each time I read it, I feel very drained. So when I was reading the tarot cards, not like those experts that they can just read off like that, I still need the book, you know. I need to look at the book. But I don't read off every, every sentence. When I look at the book, interestingly, certain lines get highlighted in my eyes and then a movie plays in my head. And then I tell my friend exactly what I see. And usually it's about 98, 99% accuracy. But the thing is, I feel physically and mentally drained after each reading. I can probably only do once a day, max. Uh, I, I don't know why. What I also realized, most of the time, my friends were asking me about relationship issues. You know, in uni and, and JC, it's always about boy-girl relationship issues. So I was predicting stuff for them. But at the same time, I realized one thing. My relationships were suffering. Um, I had, I don't know, broke off with don't know how many girlfriends and stuff like that. 
And then so I decided to stop the tarot cards because I felt right that maybe unlocking heaven's secrets is not a good thing. So, you know, back to the story, um, I think he has that somewhat similar ability. Um, but I think over time, it seemed like he was able to handle that ability to, to predict stuff, right? And I think if he was to get a certain guide or a spiritual master to guide him, right, I think he can actually focus that ability to help people instead, instead of suffering like that. Okay, well, I'm going to CSI. It is CSI, okay? First, let's uh, bring you back to your JC days where you were going with uh, the tarot cards and all that, and you were predicting that your friend's relationships, uh, you know, would come to an end or they'd break up. Truth be told, maybe that wasn't really a, a prediction. I mean, maybe that wasn't some special power because let's face it, when we're at that age, most relationships kind of end. Oh, no, no, no. But, but it's, it's not that I could predict um, how many people were in their life and then I could predict, like, for example, I said, okay, tonight you're going Zook. This other girl that you like will be coming and you'll meet her at Zook. And, and it's not planned and stuff like that. So it's not just about whether it's going to break out or not. It's a lot more detailed than that. Hmm. Kind of sounds a bit like reading the horoscope. Uh, some, somewhat like that. But, yeah. but because of the, the accuracy, right, it, it really shocked me lah. Okay. That even someone close to me, mm. uh, when I read out, I say, oh, okay, currently got three guys in your life. Then she was shocked because she said like, I didn't tell you about this guy, right? I say, no, I don't even know who's this guy, but but this is what it, it describes that person to be. So you don't think this is a case of you're kind of finding the pieces to fit the predictions? I don't think so because the movie actually plays out in my head and mm. the words from the book gets highlighted. So I find that a bit weird. Yeah, and freakish lah. Yeah. E.T. sounds a bit like a gypsy right now, to be honest. Okay, so let's uh, take you back to the, the confession, okay, from Stephanie about her brother. Okay, you may not believe the predicting somebody will die is, you know, related to the hantu, okay? Um, you think that's some sort of ability. But let's uh, take you back to the uh, early part of that confession where she says, even as a young boy, a uh, fly swatter magically appeared in his hand. So if it wasn't the hantu, right, then what is it? Telekinesis? Like X-Men. Winner. Like one moment it's up we there know, and then know. the next moment it's like whoosh, into his hand. Thor, Thor, no, it's Thor, it's Thor. No, seriously, seriously. Do you think maybe he's uh, got telekinesis as well? I I don't think so. Lah. Doesn't sound like it. This one just sounds like he just has the ability to predict. Not not so much to move things with his mind and stuff like that. Then how did the fly swatter get into his hand? I can't explain, man. Because I wasn't there. It's the Hantu! No, no, Hantu it's the wind. Hantu took it la. off the fridge and put it in his hand. No, la, it's the wind, I think, or something. It's not a paper fly swatter, bro. It's not going to blow in the wind. You see fly swatters, right? It's like big, right? It can catch wind one, no? E.T. obviously has never used the fly swatter before. Okay, <laughs> Suda, la, this boy. Okay, over to you, Eugene. Um, In this matter, I do agree with E.T. This is not a Hantu story. I do not think that it was a hantu that came to the boy's ear to say, I'm going to kill your family if you sleep. A lot of what he went through, and I truly believe in this, the kid himself has gift. Telekinesis, maybe. Definitely an entity around him. Maybe an ancestral spirit. Maybe, like he did say, he hears the voice of God. So for a very young age, he was dealing with trying to understand the things that's happening to his life. Now, why Freddy Krueger is possibly the scariest and deadliest horror villain is because he comes to you in your sleep. And we all know that everybody will eventually fall asleep. It's something you can't control. Now, if, if, if it was 
really an entity coming to his ear and says, if you fall asleep, I'm going to kill somebody, that you are dealing with a tier A Bahamut level demon with an agenda on your family lineage and line. And I don't think so because he's still alive today and there is no escalation of the trauma. So what I do think, and this is where I, again, uh, I would agree with E.T. is he has the power of premonition. He has the power of telekinesis. He has a lot of different powers that he was grappling and trying to make comes to terms with. In fact, a lot of this ability is still probably dormant in him. But the gift of premonition is something that is very prevalent. He hears voices. Even later age in life, he hears voices. So I do believe that when he was young, he heard voices. And if you have been following Supernatural Confessions, and I do say this a number of times, how each of us hear a voice and interpret the voice in our head is very different. So he may be young and he hears a voice. In his recollection, it says something like, if you fall asleep, I'm going to kill somebody. Uh, and he was very young and back then, right? But what happened was someone died. So to me, that was him knowing someone is going to die. He was being told someone's going to die. But his interpretation as a young boy, when he talks about death, was one of fear. And he doesn't want to go to sleep because he feels that if he sleeps, he is to be blamed. Um, so I feel that that's a message as he grows older, he kind of walk in his memory. But he can hear things, he can, he can predict things. And you see, if it was a demon, why well, I don't think it's a demon, he eventually he hears the voice of God and it's voices that comforts him. It's voices that lead him on the right path. Yeah, but that's not necessary to say that just because you hear the voice of a demon at some point, you cannot also hear the voice of God, right? It doesn't mean like your ears are only tuned to one frequency. Correct. Correct. But there was no connection when, when demons or when deities or when divine work, they work based on a set of rules. They are not like human beings where we get um, freedom of choice and randomness. Uh, the, the spiritual world works in very clear template and rules and system. And if a demon has a certain agenda, that's across board. No matter which religion you are from, which uh, background, there is a certain belief system and process that, that works around it. For a demon to come up to you and say, I'm going to kill a family with no real sense and purpose and reason and benefit out of it, that's not how demons work in any of the culture and religion that we know in, in the world today. And if you have a demon versus God's voice in you, now that part of his confession would be the key highlight of this whole show. Uh, but it was just a voice, voice, voice of people dying and then later on it was taken over by voice of God. Well, it wasn't a voice of people dying. It was the voice of something telling him that someone close to you will die. So we don't really know what this entity, if it mm. was an entity, okay? Because, I mean, you know, you, you believe that it's the spirit mm. of premonition. I think it's still Maybe. possible that mm. it could have been an entity that told him. Actually, mm. but we don't know, honestly, whether it was a threatening entity. For all you know, a voice of premonition could come from many, many sources. Doesn't necessarily mean yeah, it's malevolent, correct. right? I mean, to, to your point, that's how he interpreted it, but the source of that information may not necessarily have been malevolent, yeah, okay? Yeah. Mm. And I also think the danger is there are a lot of assumptions that we make based on what we do know, mm. right? Uh, we've come up with a set of rules based on experience. We always look for recurring themes. We look for recurring experiences and that's how we kind of set the template together. But I think the danger therein lies, especially for all paranormal investigators, is that when you get too used to a certain uh, set of rules, 
um, we forget that there's a lot that we don't understand about that mm. realm, right? And so we tend to believe that, oh yes, these are the rules because mm. it's always been that way until something comes along and flips all that upside down, right? Yeah. So in this case, yes, I, I see where you guys are coming from and I and I hear you completely. Um, I really do hope that is the case because between that and having to deal <laughs> with the possibility that there is some demon that's, you know, trying to mess with you and stop you from sleeping, I rather go with your theory as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And as cool as it is to have a gift of premonition, that is a terrible way to translate it in your head, right? Yeah. Don't sleep. Someone's going to die. You are not alone. Supernatural Confessions. For our main story tonight, I caught up with Singaporean celebrity Jade Sia. Ever multi-talented, Jade is an actress, stage host, MC, and model. Along with fellow actor Andy Chen, she hosts a show called The Catch-Up on YouTube. And like the host of this show, Jade also has a Peranakan or straits-born Chinese heritage. Once upon a time on a hill not so far away, both Jade and I worked at the Caldecott Broadcast Center, which over the years has gained quite a reputation when it comes to the paranormal. What's your opinion on hantus? What is your opinion on ghosts, on the paranormal, on the supernatural? Do you think there really is something like that out there? Or do you think it's just a, a mental thing? People imagine stuff. No, no, I definitely believe in spirits. I think that, I mean, I guess most religious people believe in some form of spirit. Just what sort of spirit or what sort of, you know. Uh, I think there's spirits everywhere. I really believe everyone is a soul and when you die, your body is kind of done, but your soul lives on either in heaven or hell. I think there are spirits around. I, I don't know how exactly like they work. I know some people believe they come back to haunt you if you they have unfinished business with you or whatever. I like to think in a happier way. Like I feel the spirit of my grandma, my late grandparents around me sometimes. I know that Chinese believe that if a moth is seen that's like the spirit of some loved one. I never really thought much into that. I think until my grandmother passed away and now sometimes when I see a moth, I actually get like the feels that she's there and I don't feel so like she's there. Now, 7th month just passed, actually. And then I, I came back one day and Sabrina was like, oh my God, there's a giant moth. I think it's one of our relatives who come back to visit us. And I was like thinking, on one hand, you know, I, it's a feel-good kind of thing. On the other hand, I'm like, is this an excuse just not to clean your house? <laughs> you know, just let all the bugs come in. I'm quite terrified of moths, but mm. I try to be less scared of them and I try not to... I would, I would ask whoever I'm with, like, can you get rid of it? But now I'm like, okay, you don't kill it. Like, you know, let's just, let me try to erase this this moth in the house. Like you say, I don't know. I really don't know. But I do believe, like, I'm starting to believe more and more in that. I do mm. believe there are friends that aren't as friendly as well. And I've had my own few strange encounters. Like, I'm a real chicken, honestly. I'm... Like you really? Like, no la, Jade is so outgoing, she's so gung-ho. I find it very hard to believe that you are, you know, a little takut when it comes to these things. Takut sangat, okay? I really like, <laughs> it's really, um, it's not just a bit takut, okay? I really like, actually very, very spooked up by things like that. Like, I believe their spirits, and I'm okay with them being around, but I don't ever watch horror movies. I think that's why I'm not listen to your podcast because it was scared the hell <laughs> it's like you know I've never like watched like the ring and stuff when growing up and all for watching it I, I, I just okay I tell you something even watching like my mom used to watch Charmed on TV like sometimes when I would be walking in out of the house when I stayed with her I would find it slightly spooky 
Yeah, so so that's my threshold's really low for like spooky things. Okay, so here's here's a question. Obviously, you know this podcast. Uh, you know my co-host and I, all Baba boys, right? I want to ask you how um, how traditional is your Peranakan background? Uh, and were you raised in a very pantang environment? Like, oh, this cannot do, oh, that cannot do, or your grandmother always warned you, oh, cannot do this, I cannot wear this color, and built all these superstitions that have just stuck with you throughout the years. I think it's funny because. I mean, like, I was brought up by very different, like, my mix is, so I, I have a mix of things. My dad is Chinese, right? Like, really, really Chinese, Chinese. And my mom is Eurasian, but my mom, mom is Baba. And so it was my maternal grandmother, um, who was my mom's mom, who brought me up. So I feel like inside, I was brought up in a very Baba environment. Um, yeah, so she was very Baba in a lot of ways, like, very Cherewe, you know, like, things must be very just so everything was done a certain way like very prim and proper i guess but when it came to being pantang i actually wasn't brought out of it interestingly because i think because she's catholic so and she's very religious so she would actually say things like you know we shouldn't be pantang i think like more for herself than for us she would try to like tell herself like you shouldn't be pantang these things i'm sure she was brought up with all of that but she'll tell us you know, this is like ah nonsense, like you know, just pray to God. So now that when we scared and like I feel spooked out, and I tell her, she's like, oh, "Don't worry, just pray to God. Like you know, He will help you." So it was more that sort of environment. I think on my on my dad's side, surprisingly, even though they were Chinese, they actually weren't that pampa either. Like even Chinese New Year, like what we, I guess, just maybe no black. I think yeah. it's just pushing. Okay, so you weren't educated in those other ways, like oh. If you smell something uh, funny in the air, you cannot uh, acknowledge it. If you smell something sweet, you should just GTFO. <laughs> if oh, something is no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I really am not like educated in this way. Yeah. Okay, so then I tell you lah. Okay, so basically the belief is that if you're out, you know, doing your own thing, and suddenly you smell something sweet in the air, especially if you don't see flowers around or you know anything that might be scented in nature like perfume or anything like that suddenly out of the blue something sweet comes you need to gtfo why why that's apparently the sign of the pontiana oh damn I got <laughs> this is why i try not to find out too much because it scares the hell out of me but you know I assume that you are always uh, well scented you know you smell good all the time you spritz yourself so you can always assume that the good smell is just coming from you Okay, I'm, I'm gonna assume that, yes. <laughs> I like perfumes of a sweet nature, so I will tell myself it's just me that's smelling extra sweet today. Alright, so you and I, I mean, uh, we spent quite a, a bit of time, obviously, at MediaCorp, at the yeah. old Caldecott building. And one of the questions that a lot of people always ask me is that, you know, um, was it haunted? Was, uh, you know, that big building on top of the hill, was it haunted? And obviously coming from the radio side, right, there were a lot of stories coming from the studios and stuff like that. But you spent a lot of time actually on the other side, the the TV studios, because you were always involved uh, in front of the camera. So in your experience, while we were at Caldecott, did you hear any stories or did you experience anything in particular? I... You know, like, everyone talks about the radio side, so I've been to the radio side at that point, more interviews and stuff, right? Um, but yeah, the TV side, you know, the wardrobe, the old wardrobe, where the basketball used to be? So, ugh, just talking about it, I get chills. Even though like, I'm, I'm like chicken when it comes to, like, the stories, you know, like, whatever you just told me, is like a bit GT when you tell me things like that. When I'm actually in a spooky situation, I'm not afraid to, like, 
like like we filmed for example like at secondary schools or primary schools in the middle of the night because when I was filming this show called First Class you know obviously they would need the school back in the day so as teachers and all that we would film at night and I never felt spooked you know when I needed to go to the ladies I would just go and a lot of the cast was male so I would just go and do nothing of it and then when I would come back right the AP the assistant would say huh you went on your own I'm like yeah I mean I just went to you know she's like oh uh, next time you can ask me to go with you I was like hmm Okay, why? You know, and then like I found out that a lot of people said schools are haunted. So the same for media corp. I heard all these stories, but I never personally felt spooked until I did, until I felt it literally. So I heard many stories like so at the basketball court. Um, just behind the basketball court was the old wardrobe department. There were two wardrobe departments, so there was the drama wardrobe department, and I didn't do a lot of drama. So usually I was on the middle section, which is the the mid section of the whole building is the, the variety wardrobe, right? Which is where radio radio. Um, used to be but the drama side is very isolated because it's all the way in one corner and there's a basketball court in front of it which is kind of weird and then there was this railing right so there was this railing where people would sometimes be will just carry out clothes and just like it wasn't it was too wide it wasn't the kind you could hang stuff on it was just like a rail that like you could sit on it so we just dump on the rail and then i heard weird stories like don't leave your stuff on the rail because someone said when they left their like the bag on the rail or something it the next thing they came back, it got it kind of like the handle was on the rail and it was kind of like stuck there. Like maybe if you have a bag that has a buckle that can be buckled in, you kind of fit in. But this bag had no buckle, but suddenly the bag was stuck there because. How did it get in? I don't know. So I, I I didn't see this, but this is something that another artist told me. I was like, oh. And then uh, another time, like oh, the other thing I heard was that particular wardrobe department, like don't be in there alone. I was like, why? Because sometimes, you know, you just rush in. And most times when you come, especially in the mornings, it's very crowded because there's a lot of people. But if you do a night shoot, right, then sometimes like you go there and return your clothes in the middle of the night and people are like, don't go there alone because there's a lot of weird stuff lurking. I'm like, lurking where? Like, obviously between the clothes, right? Because that's all that's in there. So, oh, so these stories make me very like, mm. I would just try not to think about it. The other one was the corridor where the wardrobe the variety wardrobe was. So this was in the middle of the building. Right, so sometimes when it's raining, usually I just walk on the outside, but when it's raining, you walk through this really narrow corridor to get the makeup room, and that corridor somehow always gave me the chills. I don't know, I felt like there were things that were going to pop out. It could be my overactive imagination, but that was, yeah, the old meter cop feels for me. What, what kind of feeling was this? I mean, did you feel like something was watching you? Did you think like you were walking towards something? And usually what was your frame of mind? Would you be already thinking of creepy things or you just suddenly get this feeling out of nowhere, the tingles while you're walking down? Usually that corridor, I would be rushing. Mm. Right, because usually it would be rushing from there to like my car, wherever to get out, right? And yeah. so I wouldn't be thinking about it, but yeah, I would suddenly get the chills. Yeah. Okay. Very like weird feeling like there's someone either behind or in front of me or watching me or like gonna pop out someone. I don't know. It's just like mm. yeah. That whole area is like not great. I've had so many people ask me as well because it was this really old building on the hill. Like, is it haunted? And I always said no, more because I guess I wanted to believe no. <laughs> Do you feel haunted? Um, 
I did feel uncomfortable at times, but I think having been there for so long, you kind of just got used to it after a while. It was really funny when you talked about how that the bag just magically, the loop suddenly just got intertwined with the railing and no one could really explain that. It just kind of reminded me of this story that I heard from the uh, the radio building. And obviously you spent some time in radio as well. You're very familiar with how the soundproofing works, right? So when a long time ago, this was obviously before my time, and it was back when the studios were in the basement of the radio yeah. building. So all the way at the end, right, uh, there was this studio. I'm not sure if it was a Class 95 studio or it was uh, a Symphony 92.4 studio at the time. But you know when when they're soundproofing, right, they usually put two panes of glass you know, so you have an airlock in between, right? So it's like, a, it's a window, but it's made of two panes of glass, right? So the story I heard was that one day, uh, MCR, the engineering came in and lo and behold, they found CDs stuck in the middle of the two panes of glass, right? And they were like, they couldn't understand how it was because these panes of glass They've been sealed like that for the longest time. And it's not like you can just unscrew the, the, the glass and take it out. They've been there for so long, the, the rivets and all that are all like worn down. And there were absolutely no marks at all, right? So how did you get CDs stuck in the middle of these two panes of glass? In the end, what I heard is that they actually had to smash the glass just to take the CDs out. See, this is like the railing story. Yeah. Like, how would the bag suddenly be on a rail and the rail is fastened to the ground and the bag had no clips. It's just a normal, like, tote bag. Mm. (laughs) So aside from your time at MediaCorp, have you had any other weird encounters that you just can't explain? I had two. I had two weird encounters that I... Thankfully, I mean, well, I'll, I'll share one first. So one was, I was with my dead boyfriend and we were rollerblading around the Siglap area. Hmm. Right, and then, one, and then we passed by this house, and he never mentioned he had a relative here, but he was like, Oh, this is like my uncle's house. And I was like, Oh, okay. And it was one of those really old, um, like really old school houses, probably like just post the Kampong era when they just built these like bungalow, small bungalow houses. Yeah. So he went in, and then his uncle, like, we said hi and all that. And then his cousin was like, Oh, you don't help yourself to drinks. Hmm. So it's like, you know, just go to the kitchen and just pick what you want. Like, what do you guys want to drink? You'll just help yourself. So I went to the fridge and I opened it. And I stood there staring. I was like, mm, Should I have like G? Should I have like. And then suddenly, right, he slams the fridge door shut. And then he's like, Let's go. I'm like, Huh? Let's go. He's like, Let's go now. I was like, That's kind of rude. We just got here. Like, he's like, No, no, let's go now. Now. Hmm. Hmm. And I was like, okay. I mean, I thought that was kind of rude, but I was like, okay. Then we, he just like, turned the fridge dresser and, and then ushered me out. And then I just kind of like, nary like waved to the uncle. I was like, oh, bye uncle, thanks. Then I was a bit annoyed. And then we, and then he didn't even let me stay in the house. He was like, let's go. And he made me get out of the house. Right. To sit on like curb to put our skates back on. And I was like, what's okay. your problem? Yeah. So then he was like, I'll tell you later. So I was like, just hurry up and put on your skates. So we put on his case, and when we escaped a good distance away, he was like, didn't you feel it? Didn't you see it? I'm like, what? He was like, when you opened the fridge door, there was this thing that was like looming over it. Like, yeah, I was like, oh. Wait, 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 wait. So there was something in the fridge or there was something outside of the fridge? It was like, I opened the fridge door and it was like next to the fridge. And it was like looming over me. And that's why he stood behind me, slammed the fridge door shut and said, let's go now. Did he describe what the figure looked like? I, I think he didn't dare to because he was scared to tell me, but he was like, there was definitely something there. He said, I said, how do you know? What do you, he said, didn't you feel a chill? Plus, mm. didn't you see it? I'm like, I didn't see anything and I didn't feel anything. 
Wow. But that gave me the chills for years and like, I mean, we've since, you know, broken up and lost contact. But I, I guess I would like to ask him if I ever saw him again, like which house that was. And did you uh, ever like follow up with uh, your boyfriend at the time when he told you, did you ask like, does this place have a history? And how pissed must you have been uh, at him for actually bringing you into a haunted house, right? <laughs> no, well, I, I didn't ever follow up. I think at the time I was so scared. So mm. it's one of those you know how you have like you keep some memories and it's one of those memories that I've always thought about but like yeah. so we've lost contact so this is like a long time ago um, mm. I never asked him after that I wasn't pissed with him because I was pissed at the time because I thought he was being rude but yeah. I, I'm sure he didn't mean for that to happen as well and it was it was just really really freaky you yeah. know it felt really also because he never told me he had an uncle who stayed there even though my cousin has stayed there all her life Mm. And never, it's almost like he felt drawn to go in. That's what freaked me out as well. You know, because he's not a sociable guy. Like, hey, let's go visit this person or that person. But he suddenly was like, oh, my uncle stays here, let's go visit. I was like, huh, okay. The whole thing just felt freaky. Jada, what, what, if, what if the uncle that you saw wasn't actually there? Oh my God, <laughs> I mean, he never mentioned he had a relative there before. He walks in and then he, you know, opens a fridge and then he starts seeing something there. I feel like I hate to say he'll marry now. <laughs> 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 no, but I love the concept of a, of a guardian ghost that protects a fridge. You know, I feel like this is something I would tell my child to prevent him from snacking in the middle of the night. <laughs> Things like the boogeyman that like parents tell their kids just to make sure, yeah, like they don't like any hole open the fridge and like raid it. Yeah, don't get the ice cream, the hantu will get you. <laughs> There's something about the Caldecott Hill area that is extremely active in a sense that things can almost teleport. There seems to be an entire portal in the area and reality don't function in the way that it does outside of Caldecott Hill. So when I hear things like the bag get tangled up in something and like, you know, your, your story especially, the CDs was in the glass. Mm. These are just from directly from people who we know, like yourself, personal experiences, not even a, I heard someone, I heard they say, I heard my friend say. To be honest, I didn't actually see the CDs. This was actually told to me. Okay. Yeah. But there are people who, again, maybe just say, one degree of separation, right? Or two degrees of separation. This kind of stories is very common here and it doesn't sound fabricated mm. to me because a lot of the stories that we know from Caldecott Hill, these are not your usual kind of stories that you find as you just Google it and search online. In fact, if you find Caldecott Hill ghost stories, it's not as common as stories of Changi Hospital, Yellow Tower, people, things that people experience in Caldecott Hill mm. don't usually get out on mainstream news. So that kind of led me to want to believe that all these stories that are told to me have some degree of truth. I'm not saying that it's 100% because as stories get passed from mouth to mouth, you know, like you tamba here, tamba there, you get a bit of spice, but there is that root fact about it and everything points to Caldecott Hill being that space where reality just gets warped. So her story, and she mentioned the basketball court with the makeup makeup uh, room that's at the end 
that place is so different from the rest of the buildings. You walk there, bro. I think you have, right? It's just like a different part of the entire building. It's a world of its own. No, absolutely. Unfortunately, though, I, I'm going to assume this all this stuff happened a long time ago before camera phones and things like that because, you know, the first mm. thing you would do if you saw CDs stuck, you know, between two panes of glass <laughs> or if you saw a bag that the strap was suddenly wound around a railing and you don't even know how it got through there, the first thing you do is take a picture of the riot because then you have some physical evidence to share around. Although, truth be told, with people like E.T., right, you show them pictures like that. Also, what will they say? Photoshop. Photoshop. Yeah. Cannot please yeah. him. Cannot, cannot win. Cannot win a skeptic. <laughs> okay, but let's uh, let's talk about her her first story, the one over at Siglap. Okay, and yes, we've heard so many stories, you know, coming from the east side of Singapore. She goes into her boyfriend's house. Uh, you know, she wants to get a drink. He slams the door because he he sees something looming over the fridge. Why don't you go first, Eugene? <sighs> that's that's a tough one to try to support or debunk. Uh, the amount of details we got from that story is just very minimal. Mm. And could it be haunted? If it is, why even walk in there in the first place and why rush out? So there's a lot of uh, parts about that story where I cannot try to, I cannot reconcile or try, cannot connect. So mm. let's take it for what it is, right? Boyfriend comes in, obviously to, you know, pay respect to the uncle, say hello, go grab a drink. It is rather unlikely, not that I could think of any reasons right now, you would go into someone's house just step in disrespect the owner mm. by running out yeah. um, in fact if you want to make shit up you would make shit up in other ways to scare your 15 year old girlfriend yeah. and not at the expense of your relative mm. to offend them or you know you don't you don't do it at people's expense yeah. you know what I mean there's so many ways you would want to scare your girl so to me uh, there is no big motivation to try to run out of that place unless he really saw something and he spooked out um, I like the part where you go is the uncle even there? Yeah. <laughs> and and East Side people, uh, if you know about the history of Siglap, Siglap, uh, as the name uh, represents, is a place with no light. It's darkness. And Siglap got its name because of an eclipse uh, event. And in fact, the whole of Siglap has a supernatural uh, background to it. That's how the name Siglap came about. There are multiple graveyards in Siglap as well. They are still there till today. And people do go to these places to try to conduct rituals. Some of these houses that she say is not big but not small. It's one of those old ones. I know exactly what she means in my mind's eye. I can, I can already imagine that. These are some of the old private estates that has been there like 50, maybe like almost like if you count by today it's like 50 years old perhaps and it's very old there are a lot of trees overhanging for spirits to actually wander about in this area and to see things like that in Sigla um, it, it has a certain level of credibility in that story okay alright okay well over to you E.T. although I, I kind of can guess what he's going to say already shall, shall, I, shall I say what, I, what, what okay. I think he's going to say I think he's going to say right well, you know, uh, I mean, well, you know, uh, they were, this was in the middle of the day, right? And then the sun was out and it was very hot. And then sometimes when you're tired, uh, and then you get sunstroke or then the heat, uh, because they're also very dehydrated. They haven't drunk a lot. That's why they're very thirsty and they want to get a drink, right? So you can imagine, right, that, you know, when, when you are in that frame of mind and then you've, you're, you're physically tired, you've been in the sun, sometimes it plays tricks with your mind. Almost there. Almost uh, there, not bad. Huh? <laughs> Six upon ten, seven upon ten. Um, nine point five. 
<laughs> wow. not bad, not okay, before the blading, right, I need to, to speak about the broadcasting area. Okay, I got to say okay. something about mm. it. So yes, there's mm. high levels of EMF, uh, but what's interesting is that, that yes, it can cause you to feel uneasy, but there's also the other uh, aspect of paranormal research on EMF that high levels of EMF seems to be attracting uh, entities. So, you know, as you guys were saying about certain portal, so it'd be interesting to know like, if we one day can actually investigate that whether portals like this actually do generate high EMF or do high EMF in areas causes such portal to occur. So, so that's what paranormal research is. It's not just, oh, it's EMF and it affects your mind. No, but when it's at this level, that's why EMF is a very interesting topic. It's not just affecting our minds. Researchers have actually found out that where, where there's level of high EMF, entities are found. So so it, it could release or start a portal or something like that. I'm not sure. And the other thing about the backstrap and the CD, uh, honestly, it's it's difficult lah, for a hantu to just you know wrap it around. I mean, it sounds like something I, I, I play on my friends. You know, I just clip their backs to something and then they cannot jump out after that. Uh, the, the thing is, unless one has ex- really experienced it or seen it, then I think it's a bit easier to ascertain whether it's a haunting or not. Um, and then for the story of Tim, he heard about the, the CD stuck there. Actually, if you, you take a CD and you press it against a glass, because of air pressure, right, the CD can actually just get stuck there. You, you, you can go try it. Uh, you're assuming that the CD is were not in their covers. Ah, yes, yes. So this was what CD covers are? Okay, to be honest, I don't know. I'm just saying that that's an assumption, yeah. And, and assuming it's stuck in between the two glass, right? Mm. It's also interesting to know what were these CDs? You know, was there a certain message trying to say? So so that, that's interesting. Like you put the, the CD titles together, they form a message. Ah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> oh. Like you know it's a vampire when it puts forever young, right? <laughs> okay, but uh, how about Siglap? Okay, um, I think a, a bit like what uh, Teh has said, uh, Siglap is a place where, yes, there's cemeteries there, there there's houses built around uh, cemeteries. I, I really want to ask, why did he bring her to the uncle's house, you know? It can't be accidental. Uh, oh, this is my uncle's house. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, they obviously knew the route they were going to, so it, it sounds weird that uh, what, why he did that. And then... Yes, a bit to like what Tim say. Uh, they were blading. It's hot. Oh, now yeah. Tim say no, 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 no. Et, e- you got to take it on its own. Okay, I don't want to cannot the reputation of being the cynical skeptic. So, 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 so that's why now, now, that's why now I'm blaming you. See, so yeah, as Tim say, you know, I have to agree him to a certain extent that maybe it's tiredness and stuff like that. But to me, what's more intriguing is why did he bring her there? And going in, you say hi to the uncle, and then they suddenly just jabot never say bye-bye what to me is very weird could he have actually known that this was already a haunted house honestly the vibe I got from Jade's uh, interview is that she's a very strong kind of person that things don't really happen to her she feels uneasy and stuff like that but it doesn't really harm her in that sense so could it be that her ex-boyfriend knew that she has a disability right so he tackled to go himself right and then he brings her along to go check out the place and then something really happens he he, he, he got freaked out himself so yeah. so to me, I, I, I really don't know what to, to say of this case, but it's just that the ex-boyfriend sounds a bit weird. Maybe that's why she <laughs> left him. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, a guy who managed to score JCR, yeah, he's got to have some things going for him, right? <laughs> yeah. And E.T., if you didn't think part one, you were able to CSI properly. Part two, you can definitely CSI it. All right, here is part two of our interview with JCR. All right, so what is the what is the second story that you have? The other encounter was when I was in this small town called Chesky Komlov. Probably pronouncing it wrong. I think it's in Slovenia. 
Okay. So at that time, there was no Airbnb. Hmm. But I literally stayed in a B&B. Like, it was just literally a bed and breakfast. And it was like a really tall, skinny building. Right? Like, it had five floors up. And then we had arrived there, like, late in the evening. So we were very tired. Then we just checked in and all that. And then we were going to check out the very next day. Right? Because it was kind of like a road trip thing. So the next day, like, we had packed up all our stuff. And we actually brought down all our stuff, lugged it down the five floors. And then leaving just like, I can't remember what we left up there. But then we reached the bottom, then breakfast came. And then I was like, oh, hang on, I forgot my camera. Right? And I was like, I left my camera like under, like on the bed or something. So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. But I was quite scared because it's like five floors up. Yeah. Right? And my food was there. So I raised up the stairs. And I reached the room and I felt it. This, this one, I actually felt it. There was a weird... You know how when you run up like a flight of stairs, you will immediately feel very warm? Yeah, you yeah. Repent, even if you're fit, you'd be panting, right? So mm. I was warm and panting. So just before I reached the top of the stairs, like maybe at level four, I was warm and I was definitely panting. And then when I reached level five, right, I stepped in the room and it was cold. It was cold and it felt weird. Like I even thinking about it now, I feel them. Okay, so you you didn't you didn't see anything. You just felt that the room was very cold. It was weird. It was cold and it was weird, and I felt like something was engulfing me and. I just grabbed my camera and I, I almost tripped going down, like running, racing back down the stairs. But I didn't, I didn't say anything. Okay, what was the, what was the, uh, the weather like? I mean, at this time, what was the season like? Was it cold in Slovenia? It was summer. Okay, and was the air conditioner on in the room? No, because I think like even though it's in summer, you know, it would still be a bit chilly. So, mm. and it was early in the morning, so like nothing was on. The windows were all shut. You know, okay. it was one of those. Places and you just shut the windows to keep out the cold and there was a heater in the room right um, but it wasn't switched on but the, the mm. windows were shut there was nothing like I felt cold and it was drafty and it was just it was weird it was a tiny room this is a tiny Airbnb like, it was a very narrow and tall building but there was nothing that would create a draft and you had just been in that room less than five minutes ago right? I think the night before I thought it felt weird but I wanted to just go to sleep and not think about it so I think I probably said a prayer as for mm. what my my late grandmother said, like, sit a prayer, like, you'll be fine. And I woke up the next morning and I felt fine. What I'm, what I'm trying to go back to is that you said that you ran down the stairs and then you realized you left your camera there, right? So in that period of time where you were in the room, where you woke up and then you ran down the stairs and then you ran back up, it couldn't have been enough time for the room to suddenly drop in temperature naturally, right? Yeah. That's the weirdest thing because there were two of us in the room and we were packing and stuff so we must have created some heat in the room, right? But then we literally went downstairs, ordered food and I was like, oh crap, I forgot my camera, I'm going to run back up. It was like less than five minutes. Yeah, there's no way it would have suddenly been cold, much less drafty. And I felt it, I felt weird. Beyond the cold, it was like weird. There's like, you know, like your hair, like my, my hair, the, the, the fine hairs on the back of my arm, like I yeah. feel them standing it was it's weird. I even dare to mention it to my friend. I just grabbed the camera because I just wanted us to eat and get out of there. I'll only, only mention it later. What was the history of the building? Do you know? Is it a very old building? Yeah. It was one of those, it's like all these historical buildings, which my aunt keeps saying, stop staying in these buildings. It's not safe, right? But I, I love that. So that is a like old, probably from an 18 or 1700s kind of building. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was previously used for, but it's just, yeah, not a good feeling, really. So when you, you went in and then you, you feel like this sense overwhelming you, right? It wasn't a good feeling. It wasn't a happy feeling. You actually felt like you were in danger? I actually felt like I was in danger. Mm. I actually felt like I was being pulled in, so I really just grabbed the camera and then I just ran, like really raced out of the room. 
and that was you didn't stay another night after that, right? You were already on your way. No, thank goodness, we were already gonna check out. But I, I do think about like, what if we had booked two nights stay? I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. I really don't know, like, what I would have done. Well, I guess the only way to find out is to book another night there again, and see if it was waiting for you is still there. <laughs> would you have stayed another night if it were you? Um. I don't know, like, my wife says it's very stupid. It's like, you guys talk all about it. You sound like you'd be really, really excited to do it. But then if it actually happens, then what are you going to do? Because you don't really think about what you're going to do next, right? You're always on the hunt to find all the hantus, to find all the spirits. But what happens when you find one? See, we haven't actually crossed that path yet. Like, we we don't have a plan for what we're going to do when it actually appears. We only have the plan on trying to find one. That is such a boy thing to say that, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would say good luck with that because I am definitely not going on any of your ghost hunting expeditions. Ah, uh, it's okay lah, don't worry. You can take it. I think you're scarier than the ghosts. You're quite gung-ho. You're more fierce than the hunters. <laughs> Alright, so I mean, now that you have experienced that when you went to Slovenia, Kayla, before this whole circuit breaker and COVID thing started, back when you were still doing a lot of travelling, do you, are there, are there things that you do when you first go into a room? I mean, do you have certain practices, maybe knock on the door before you go into the hotel room? So I never used to do it, yeah. but I realised like all my friends do this knocking on the door, mm. you know, like, and then even some of the hotel like if they actually help me with my bag or whatever like the myself hotels they'll see you to your room and they actually a lot of them knock the door as well so i've learned to start doing it just yeah. because i don't know like i do believe there are spirits so to mm. me it's like okay if you're there um just letting you know just like let's just be respectful about it because i have like heard funny stories about friends not doing it and then leaving it like the shoes get moved yes when you leave your shoes right you don't put your shoes um facing forward you should always twist your shoes to a certain direction facing inwards because if you leave your shoes in the same direction the hantu might come and put their feet in your shoes (laughs) (laughs) all these things you would learn if you were to come for our ghost tours (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you so much for sharing the stories with us jade and remember if you ever have any more of these hantu stories happen to you touch wood you gotta promise you'll text me so that we can have a chat again, okay? Oh, alright. But thanks for having me, Tim. Alright. Have yourself a great week ahead and stay safe, alright? Okay, thank you. Bye! Okay, so um, if you realise in the western side of the world, most of their hauntings all come from old buildings. Uh, if you've gone for any ghost tours, most of the time it's old buildings. I think in the first place, most old buildings would give you the creeps, right? I mean, even even it gives me the creeps. Okay, and usually the structure is intact, so it's honestly not surprising if entities find their way back because entities always want to go back to a place where they recognize and feel comfortable, just like humans, right? Uh, but that's just one theory, but that, that's not my reasoning. I'm just letting you guys know I'm not saying anything else, okay? But these old buildings, right, tend to also play with your imagination, especially when you're alone. Can you imagine this, what she went through, Okay running up because initially she was with her friend so fine when you're with a friend you know things are all cheery and happy and you go down there and like damn I forgot to take my stuff I think imagine right because most people are down for breakfast already so the alone person going up the, the old building imagination thing running your head so yes I mean you, you feel you feel shack going up and stuff like that yes she felt warm and everything but then also because of the acoustics of old buildings uh, there's this echoey kind of sound because I, I don't know the materials it's made and stuff like that, I guess. So, and the whole thing plays with you. So, I think it just creeps onto you. 
eventually when she reached level 5, everything just came at a go. And then suddenly, it's totally quiet in the room. She's alone. You tend to have that funny feeling usually. Because that has happened to me multiple times, right? And I think all these things add up and give her that, that chills and, and that, that weird uh, uh, feeling that she was having. So I, I really think it all boils down to the acoustics of the place where you hear the echoes and then you're alone in the room. Um, I think that that caused her to imagine that there was something there. Because honestly, that, that's all she felt. She felt that weird feeling. No, no, no. She also felt the temperature. It was really cold in the room. Yeah. So the thing is, with old buildings, right, how it's being built, sometimes I, I think most of them are made of marble. So marble keeps that temperature quite uh, constant. So if it's hot, it will try to cool down the place as well. So I really do think that it's it's just imagination that, that causes us to, to have all these sensations. I don't know about that. I mean, the one thing that I was very uh, certain to ask her, you know, was, did you notice that it was cold before you went down? And she said, no, she was fine. You know, and she didn't even notice the reason why it was so extraordinary to her, right? Or disconcerting is that just barely five minutes ago, the room temperature was one way, then she goes down and then five minutes later she comes up and it's almost like a completely different room in terms of temperature. And don't we generally tend to associate paranormal activity with uh, drops in temperature as well? Yes, yes. I mean, I do agree about cold spots and stuff. I'm just saying that the evidence is not strong enough to make me say that it's a haunting. I think generally the feelings that she's having, yes, uh, you know, it's probably her imagination. But okay, you talk about the, the coldness, right? Um, so is it only a certain area of, of the room or the entire room you get what I mean so I really don't know how it's like like I said sometimes because my, my friend deals with stones so he did tell me that you know walls when made of stone it, it can cool the room down generally so I don't know if that's the case as well because I'm not sure what material uh, that building was, was built with but usually the older buildings tend to have that property lah. it's not like where, where, where we are now where it's all concrete and, and cement and stuff where if it's hot you know, it just, it just heats up the place whereas marble tends to have this cooling property so I really think it's her imagination but the cold spot does bring up something interesting lah. okay it's not a cold spot it's general drop in temperature Yeah, so it's not really a cold spot it's also summer by the way yeah, that's why I said the marble cools the building down. To that degree? Just like that. Well, and that's the case, right? I don't want to get aircon anymore and waste all my utility <laughs> bills, yeah. So so am I supposed to say something now? Or no? Huh? Yeah, I think you should say it. I think you should say it. Everybody else wants you to say it, right? <laughs> They're all like, you know, come on, ET, that's a bit of a stretch. Come on. Hey, what kind of phenomena yeah, well, would you well, use? Well, some people say your logic doesn't even make sense today. You know, <laughs> can I judge, you know? Oh, today don't make sense. <laughs> to be fair, ET, yes, it would have been awesome if, you know, she had um, taken a little bit more n- note of what that temperature is. Because obviously, it's one thing to say, you know, it's cold, but... You know, usually paranormal investigators, you guys are always looking for a, a temperature drop of like 10 degrees, right? But not everybody actually walks around with, you know, one of those now uh, everyone does. infrared <laughs> thermometers. Yeah. And now, in fact, these days, aside from American Express and you can't leave home without it, you need to carry both a K2 meter or is it an EMF meter? Mm. Which is the one? Which is the K2. correct one? K2 EMF, is the better EMF one. EMF is the, is the, the proper no, 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 no. one. Yeah, you got to keep, you got to hang on to one of those and you also got to carry an infrared thermometer as well. I, I've got a story for, for ET, mm. right? And I think this is something that he will go, ah, see, I told you. 
true story guys happened to me I think this is uh, one of mid 2000s or early 2000s I was in New York okay um, Christmas was just a couple of weeks ago away and I found the cheapest motel I could find and it's one of those motel that you don't have a lift you just got to walk up the stairs and uh, because it's so wait, cheap wait, is this you or a story you're reading me me, me this me. is you you okay yeah right. me me right so no wonder it wasn't an expensive hotel you are a cheapo nanas here yeah? $15 wine $40 hotel um, so I walked all the way up with my suitcase I put my bag down and I said I'm just going to be here for one night and tomorrow I'm just going to go somewhere else it's the, it's the cheapest I could find for just a night stay and I was sitting in my bed and at night right I could hear the and it would reverberate through the whole the whole place and I walk around mm. and I was trying to find it and at that point in time when I was sitting there it felt it felt and I hear right as if it was a moaning sound of someone standing right beside me you know that what you can hear on the right side like just mm. yep. like it's, it's like a, a very angry or very sad spirit and of course I was scared right? I couldn't sleep I was like okay I started praying I was like oh shit this place is haunted and I realized that that sound every time when that sound happened I felt a warm sensation on my side okay right like as if something was there but what what I felt was very suspect of that thing was while I was scared initially every half hour that sound would moan on the clock and on the dot every 30 minutes hum, hum, then warm air then when I started searching around, turning on the lights and everything, I realized it was a heater. <laughs> it was one of those old-fashioned heaters. Mm. But what was really uh, surprising to me, and this way E.T. would probably smile and until right now, is when you are in a very dark room and when sound really travels, it's almost as if the sound was in my right ear and not in my left, you know what I mean? Mm. And combined with the very old, dilapidated building, it just really caused you to imagine the worst that can possibly happen. So yeah, so maybe, maybe there's a slight chance. No, I was also wondering, you know, I was also wondering that the, the, the coldness you felt, it can come from chills, right? You know, you, if you just freak yourself up, you get the chills, you, you feel this sudden coldness. Yeah, but also after running up like, don't know how many flights of stairs. She fit lah, see, she, look, she looks fitter than me lah. No, you're going to be warm if anything, you're not going to be, feel cold. Mm. But she go into an aircon room, was it? It's summer in Slovenia. Yeah, but the room had aircon, right? But the room would have been chilled. Even if it's an aircon room, it's not going to be that much colder than it was five minutes ago. Not bad, uh, not bad. How come taste on my side today? Uh? <laughs> you know, honestly, at this point, right, <laughs> I, I don't know who's been influencing who. You know what I mean? We it became a roja. With very, very specific roles. You know what I mean? We've got the cynic, we've got ET, you know, Mr. Scientific, Mr. CSI, we've got the believer, and I'm supposed to be somewhere in between, right? Yeah. Somehow or other, right? We all like cross channel ET. Oh, you know what? It, uh, <laughs> this phenomenon, it can't be explained. Like, I don't think science can explain that. It must be the, uh, yeah, like, you know what it is. Like. And then you've got, you know, Eugene, who on the other hand is like you know I totally agree with E.T. this uh, evidence that we're seeing is too perfect it's too perfect <laughs> want to slap him no you got evidence and it's it's too perfect Supernatural Confessions and that concludes this episode of Supernatural Confessions if you've enjoyed the show please consider giving us a 5 star rating or review wherever you're listening from Supernatural Confessions the podcast is free to listen to on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever podcasts are played. 
You can also share our podcast and our content with your friends and help us grow our network of supernatural fans and enthusiasts. For more information on what we do and where we do it, like us on Facebook and visit SupernaturalConfessions.com. Until our next installment, my name is Tim O, and this is Supernatural Confessions. Supernatural Confessions.